Well, guys, it's my privilege to announce the, uh, introduce the speaker here this morning. Um, he's a regular of Res Life because this is his home church, but he is the leader and director of a strength ministry team called the Conquerors, but he also travels with the power team. And uh, the power team I'm talking about years ago, some of you guys might know, there was a team like the Conquerors that was called the power team. I'm not talking about that power team, but the power team I'm talking about that Mike travels with is the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. So would you please welcome our brother, Mike Benson, to share with us this morning. Morning, gentlemen. Happy New Year. I think uh, last time I was here, I was just about to go to Australia, and uh, I told you guys about uh, souvenirs over there. Did I tell you? I told you that story about the souvenirs they get, and so I brought a pair. <laughs> yes, these are kangaroo testicles. <laughs> Oh, the last time we were over there, I got a bunch, and uh, my cat chewed, or I got a couple pair, and uh, my cat chewed up one pair, and we lost the other pair, and we were at the airport, and I picked up a bunch of these, and those Aussies, man, I tell you, they always got a wise crack, you know? They're like, oh, yeah, what do you need, some man, you know, all, something along those lines. Every time I see Americans buying these, I says, well, in America, we use rabbit's foot, <laughs> Because we got our own, and we don't need to carry a pair around with us. <laughs> so, so I stuck up for the good U.S. of A. <laughs> but you can rub them for good luck or whatever if you want to. <laughs> this is a men's meeting, right? All right. Making sure we're not at a women's conference or something like that. Uh, I'm excited about this year. Are you excited about this year? Yeah, 2019 is going to be a good year. And I believe uh, 2019 is going to be a year of transition for a lot of you. I was praying and seeking the Holy Spirit about a specific word for this group of men. And I heard the word transition. And sometimes when we transition, we can't even, we can't even, there's no set time or, or one event that we move into this transition, we just wake up one day and we're just like, wow, something shifted. And I believe a lot of you <clears throat> have been waiting for a shift and you've been anticipating transitioning, moving into a new season, a new level, and this is the year. I'm declaring that over you. This is the year of transition. This is new levels. This is new opportunities. God's going to reveal himself to you in new ways that you haven't seen before. You know, a lot of times in the church, we can get so study-minded that we think we got this thing figured out, but the angels totally surrounding God the Father, and they're always crying out, holy, holy. They're seeing different facets of him. God is like the biggest diamond, and there's so many facets of him, you can't see them all. So be expecting him to reveal himself to you in ways that you've never had him revealed before. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you for this opportunity 
to gather as men, as sons of the Father. And Father, we don't have to invite you here. You're already here. Holy Spirit, manifest yourself in any way you see fit. Our purpose is to give you glory, praise, and honor on the earth. Let us represent you well. Give us the grace and the strength to fulfill our calling as ambassadors for the kingdom of heaven. We thank you for your presence. Thank you for your son. His sacrifice made the opportunity for us to live his life, not ours. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk to you this morning about mindset. I'm going to get right into the scripture because there's some scripture here to cover. Philippians 2, 4 through 5. This is in the Passion Translation of the scripture. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset become your motivation. 1 Corinthians 3.3, also in the Passion Translation. For you are living your lives dominated by the mindset of the flesh. Ask yourselves, is there jealousy among you? Do you compare yourselves with others? Do you quarrel like children and end up taking sides? If so, this proves that you are living your lives centered on yourselves, dominated by the mindset of the flesh and behaving like unbelievers. A mindset is, it's more than just thinking. It's an, your, your, your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions constitute your attitude. And a mindset is a general attitude that a person carries. It's the things, the tapes that are running through your head a lot. You know, because what you focus on, you give power to. The more you focus on something, the more power you give it. Because what we behold, we become. And the source of all suffering is a focus on self. Mm-hmm. But Jesus had a different mindset. His mindset was on the Father 24-7. He only did what he saw his father do. He only said what he heard his father say. And he walked this earth in perfect peace. He didn't suffer until it was his time. And he didn't suffer because of anything he did. He suffered because of everything we've done. We, we done. Proverbs 23, 7. For as a man thinks within himself, so is he. You know, I love David and, and the story of David and David and Saul. And, you know, both of these men were anointed. Both of them were anointed. Both of them had the position of leadership. And both of them made some mistakes. And if you're 
looking at it from the outside, looking in, you would scratch your head and say, man, I mean, David, he messed up 10 times worse than Saul did. I mean, Saul, he, he just, he saved some sheep and, and didn't kill a king. And David, I mean, he committed adultery. He was corrupt. He, he used his power and his position to have his best friend taken out because when he was off the war, he knocked her up and got her pregnant. From the outside, you'd think, man, if you're judging by what they're doing and not doing, you'd say, David, he was messed up. <clears throat> but the difference between these two men was the motivation of their hearts. Saul was focused on himself. He was fear-driven, and he was comparing. He compared a lot. As a matter of fact, when they came back from war, they said Saul killed his thousands of men, but David killed his tens of thousands, and Saul got jealous because his focus was continually on himself, and he was striving for power and position. And the things that he was striving so hard for, he lost because he already had power and position. And the difference was David's focus was on the father. His heart was, he was a worshiper. He loved to be in Father's presence every chance he got. Yeah, he strayed. He got off the reservation in a big way. But when he was convicted, he repented. You see, his focus, he had a different mindset. You know, a lot of times we're struggling because we're trying to attain things instead of focusing on God and letting him bring it to us. Because everything that Saul was striving for, God gave it to David. David was focused on him, and everything came David's way. Now, you know, obviously there was some, some harvest to his actions. There was trouble within his family for some of his... And, and our sin does have consequences. So, Luke 10, 9... And heal those in it who are sick, authenticating your message, and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Luke 17, 21. The kingdom is not discovered in one place or another. God's kingdom realm is already expanding within some of you. We are complete and completely filled with God. The God of the universe who created everything dwells inside each and every one of us. If you are a born-again child of the living king, you are wall-to-wall -wall filled with 100% God. His spirit and our spirit has be, have become one. Colossians 2.10 And our own completeness is now found in him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. He is the head of every kingdom and authority in the universe. 1 John 4.4 4. Little children, you can be certain that you belong to God and have conquered them, for the one who is living in you is far greater than the one who is in the world. Philippians 4, 12 and 13, I know what it means to lack and I know what it means to experience overwhelming abundance, for I'm trained in the secret of overcoming all things. 
whether in fullness or in hunger, and I find that the strength of Christ's explosive power infuses me to conquer every difficulty. This is uh, Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified Translation. I can do all things which he's called me to do through him who strengthens and empowers me to fulfill his purpose. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses me with inner strength and confident peace. Don't focus on what's happening around you or what's happening to you. Focus on who is in you. That is the key to overcoming any difficulty. You know, when we face difficult situations, when we face trials, the reason worry and doubt and anxiety get a mindset in our minds and in our thinking is because we're focused on our abilities, our lacks. We're usually resource-based. I don't have what it takes to meet this need. I don't have what it takes. And that's not just monetary or physical. But if, we're, if our minds are set on the Father God and who is in us, then we have enough power to overcome any difficulty. As a matter of fact, God allows us to walk into difficulties because he's trying to train us in how to overcome. He's trying to train us. He's trying to say, this is how you do this, son. This is how you walk this out. This is more than just studying. This is more than just hearing a sermon on Sunday. This is life. This is a kingdom thing. Every man in here is an ambassador for Christ. You have all the answers to every problem and every issue in your life and the lives of those around you. Jesus is in you and he wants out. You know, you can do some things. You can, you can tell people about Jesus. I've told millions of people about Jesus. You can tell them Jesus loves them. That's awesome. It's true. Or you can let who's in you do what he does best through you and let him do all the talking. <laughs> because God has put power in you to transform lives. And you don't have to be a minister. You don't have to have a professional vocation. You don't have to be in the five-fold ministry. The fivefold ministry exists to train and equip the saints to do the work of ministry. And the work of ministry was demonstrated by Jesus himself. He preached the kingdom. He cast out devils, sickness. He, he demonstrated it. He'd give, a, he'd give a lesson, and he'd demonstrate it. He'd give a parable, and he'd demonstrate it. He advanced the kingdom of heaven. You know, the first time that I ever had a miracle take place at my hands, I was in prison. It was 1999. I was in Jackson State Prison. I was in Level 2. It was a medical facility. And I was a porter. So I had free reign where I could, you know, I had a lot of freedom and I would move up and down the galleries. And, and I'd pray in my cell every day and I'd be 
seeking God and devouring the scripture. And I'm like, God, you know, what will you have for me to do today? And he would have me do these little things like say certain words and witness to guys. And a lot of times I'd get to flip the bird and that'd get my flesh up. And <laughs> the first thing he's trying to teach us to overcome is the flesh. <laughs> we got we to gotta master that thing. And, uh, and then I'll never forget, there's this guy in there, uh, tall uh, Indian guy, and he, he, was, he was at the medical facility, and I got to talking to him because he, he was asking me about my workouts and stuff. And I said, hey, how come you don't go work out? He said, oh, I can't, man. He says, uh, I'm here because they're going to, I got this brain tumor. It's on my brain stem, and, and I didn't even know what it was. I, I, I'd be at another facility, and I'd be working out, and, and all of a sudden I'd just kind of like blank, and I'd start going like this, and I'd just start walking off, and I'd walk right into the fence. Well, if you walk into the fence... <laughs> You're going to set the sensors off, and they're going to come holler at you. <laughs> and he got an attempted escape, and, and, uh, and I said, what? You got a brain tumor? He says, yeah, they're going to, it's, it's a rare brain tumor, and, and they're going to operate on it and take it out. And I'm like, oh, man, <laughs> you're going to go to the prison hospital and get operated on? <laughs> I'm sure the doctor there, his lifetime aspiration during medical school was not to be a prison physician. I'm sure he probably made some mistakes a time or two. And you're going to operate on this guy. And the Lord said to me, he spoke clearly, no, they're not. I'm going to. I was like, praise the Lord. Yeah, you go, God. You're awesome. I want you to go lay hands on him. Oh, you want me to go lay hands on him? <laughs> you can do this, God. You don't need me. I said, go lay hands on him. Verse of scripture that says, why you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? Why you call me Lord? If you ain't living under his lordship, don't call him Lord. So I'd like to say I just went off with this great amount of grace and great faith, and I just went and obeyed. Yeah, right. <laughs> Man, I was scared spitless. It took me three days to get up the nerve to go to this guy. And I got all my notes together, and I got sermon. I got all, this, all these scriptures I'm going to pour into him. And, and I went up to him, and I said, hey, man, uh, do you believe in God? And he says, yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I'm Catholic. And I'm like, all right, all right. I says, uh, come on out here. I want to share some things with you. So we went out on the yard. We went on the picnic table, and I'm sharing all these scriptures with him. And and, and, and then I finally said, you know, um, I believe God's going to heal you of that, of that tumor. And this is why. And I started reading all the scripture to him, and he's just sitting there staring at me. And I says, I'm, I'm going I'm to lay my hands on you, and I'm going to pray, and, and God is going to operate on you. He's like, okay. I put my hand on there, and I prayed. I mean, I, I prayed a sermon over that, brother. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> When I go out to eat, especially when I'm eating with pastors and other leaders, and they say, anybody want to pray over the food? I will. Thank you for the food, Lord. Let's eat. <laughs> I don't like it when people pray sermons over the meal. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> bless this and bless that. Just bless the food. Let's eat, man. <laughs> so I'm praying a sermon over this dude's brain. <laughs> I get done. I'm, I'm like, amen, you know. And then I 
do you feel anything? You know, I'm checking everything, and he didn't feel anything. Well, I, I avoided him after that. <laughs> and then uh, about a week later, I went to the weight pit, and here he is out there working out. See, he couldn't work out because anytime his blood pressure, heart rate got up, it would put pressure on that, and then it would cause him to go into these episodes. And I went out there, and I said, dude, man, what are you doing working out? He says, oh, man, Mike, I forgot to tell you. I was looking for you. He said, I went in for my pre-op, and they, you know, they had to take a scan of it and, and make sure nothing shifted and changed and see how much it grew. And they, and they were just astonished. They said, not only did it not grow, it decreased in size by half. And they want to keep me here so they can watch it because they said it's dying. I was like, yeah, hallelujah. <laughs> but that didn't happen because I had a call of God on my life. That didn't happen because I was an evangelist. I had no clue of, of where I was going. or I, just, I was just a prisoner who got born again. I was a son of God. I read his word. He spoke to my heart, and I obeyed what he said. And his power flowed through me. That's all it takes. And if you're focused on him, and if you're listening to him, and you're filling yourself with his presence, and you're focused on his ways and his words, then you'll get his results. It's that simple, guys. It's really that simple. Um, and then right after that, there was a, Another prison story. It was this guy, his name was Frenchie. And, you know, I was a porter, and this guy broke his leg. He stepped off into a hole or something and broke his leg right here. I mean, clean snap. And uh, they, they called me down. They wanted me to carry him to the, to the medical facility. Because I was big and strong. They were like, hey, you want to get a leg workout? Carry this guy to the medical facility. So I got this guy with a broken leg on my back. <laughs> crying and screaming, <laughs> walking across a yard, <laughs> heading to the medical facility. I get him in there, and he's just all, and, and they gave him some uh, ibuprofen, you know, because they're not going to give him any real drugs or anything in there. And they got an x-ray, and they said, yeah, we're going to have to operate on that because that thing is broken bad, and we'll get it set up for tomorrow. We'll, we'll try to get a doctor in here. So I got him back to his cell, and, and he's in pain and agony. I mean, he is just in pain. I, and my heart, my heart, I mean, I was, I, my heart was going out to him. I felt so bad for this guy. I had so much compassion because he was in pain, man. And I'm like, dude, you got to wait all the way till tomorrow? And I says, hey, Frenchie, I don't know where you're at with God. And he says, oh, yeah, my grandma used to tell me about that blankety-blankety stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know where you're at with God, <laughs> Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. He's cussing up. I mean, this dude was, he, he was heathen as they come. And I said, hey, can I pray for your leg? And he looks at me and says, why are you going to do that? I said, man, because God will heal your leg. So I put my hands on his leg and I said, Jesus, just heal his leg. Amen. You know, I, I, I just, I wanted to give a token, you know. Sow a little seed, a little witness in there. I left, went, got out of there, went to my cell the next morning. They says, uh, Benson, you want to escort uh, Frenchie down to the 
down to the infirmary. I said, yeah, sure. I was ready to carry him. He came walking out of his cell. He's like, man, right after you prayed for me, I slept like a baby, and I felt like somebody was shaking my leg at night. And I looked up. I thought a corrections officer was in there checking on me. He was shaking my leg, and I woke up, and I got right out of bed, and I even forgot I broke my leg. Totally healed. Totally healed. We went down to the infirmary, and the doctors were like, what? What's going on? And they took another x-ray, and they're in there looking at the x-rays. And you know what they did? They literally called the x-ray technician to come in. There had to be a, a mistake or something. I illustrate that to show you that it's not about what we do. It's not about how we pray. It's not about how long our prayers are, how short our prayers are. And you don't even have to have a word from God to heal because you have the healer within you. I've heard it time and time again. Well, I don't have that gift. You don't need the gift. You've got the gift giver. He's inside of you. He's living in you. If your focus is on him, then you'll have his power available. I mean, we're in Australia. I'll tell you what, another story. We're in Australia, and we're in between... Uh, doing some events, and we're walking around the mall, and I walked into uh, the Billabong store. And <clears throat> I'm walking around, and I see this, this, this young girl. Her name is Keely. I found out later. And she's got shorts on. She had this tattoo. It was pad to the bone, man. I mean, it was all down her thigh. It was an Indian chief or something. It had so many vibrant colors. I was, I just, it just caught my attention. I was like, that is a cool tattoo. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I said, how long did that take? And she's telling me. She's got tattoos. And, and, and in my spirit, I could discern she's new age. I mean, I got near her. I could just tell. She's, she's, she's totally new age. And, uh, and then I'm looking at her, and, the word, and the, the word of knowledge came to me. And I says, you're, you're putting on a good smile and stuff right now, but you're at the end of your rope right now. You feel like you're, you're just going to come apart inside. And she looks at me with this look. And, and I said, you've lost all hope because you have this dream and you think it's lost, it's never going to happen, and you're giving up hope. And you're, 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 you're on the verge of, of even taking your own life, aren't you? And a tear started coming down. And she goes, yeah, yeah. I says, the reason that dream is not happening is because God put that dream in you. And you'll never see it fulfilled unless you get into a relationship with him. And she looked at me and she said, how do I do that? I said, by praying and asking him in your heart. I said, do you want to do that? Just tears in her eyes, yeah. Grabbed her hands, bam, Holy Ghost hit her like, man. I mean, it was on. She was smiling, her eyes were lit up. I told her, I said, you know, you need, to find, you need to find some other believers too. And I told her about the church and stuff like that and left. Now, granted, I could have very well went up to her and said, you know, hey, where are you at with God? And could have got into a, to an apologetics thing. And, you know, I could have tried to prove to her through the scripture. I could have, I could have handed her a track. I could have done all that stuff. That's all good. There's nothing wrong with none of that stuff. 
Nothing. Or I could get out of the way and let Jesus show up. Let her have an encounter with who's in me. And so I call it reading her mail. So I just read her mail. Well, the Holy Spirit did. At that moment, she knew she wasn't just talking to a man. She was having an experience with God. She knew it. It cut through all the stuff, that the lies. It cut through everything. Cut through all that. Made a way into her heart. Bam. Opened it up. Flood instantly right there. Now, it doesn't happen like that all the time. There's times you have to, sometimes you have to build, God will give you a target. He's given, he's given me targets before where I've had to work and, and build a relationship because he's the one who knows every heart. I don't. I don't even know my own heart. You don't either. But he does. And, and there's, you know, he's never going to do things the same way every time. But when you focus and get your mindset on who's in you and the power that you have as a son of the king, that you are an ambassador for Christ. You are not whatever your job description is. You are not whatever you do for a living. You are not your past. You are exactly who God says you are. You can do exactly what God says you can do. And he put his Holy Spirit inside of you to accomplish everything. Everything. Just uh, <laughs> my wife and I, one more and then, then we're going to close. Um, <clears throat> my wife and I, you know, I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. You know, I love being in social settings. You know, it gets me charged up. My wife, no, she's an introvert. <laughs> She don't like attention and none of that stuff. And, and uh, we go out, you know, and I just, I'm, I go anywhere. I'm just, you, tell, you highlight somebody to me, Lord, I'm on it. And we're in Barnes and & Noble. And uh, just, just last week, we're in Barnes & Noble in there because we like to go in there and have coffee and read books and check out books and kind of pre-read them before we purchase them. And we're in there, and there's this big dude. He just walks. I mean, this guy's big. And uh, the Lord says he's missing something. He's looking for something. And I was like, all right. I got up. And she said, where are you going? Uh, I'm going to go over here and pray. Oh, she said, right, go, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> we'll go in the grocery store. She'll, she'll be like, please, please, uh, just tell me before you're going to do that, okay? I'm like, all right. I will. <laughs> and uh, so I walk up to him. I said, hey, man, how you doing? I said, this is going to sound really weird, but I really don't care. And uh, he, he just looks at me and I said, what's your name? He says, J.W. He's from Tennessee. I said, hey, my name's Mike. Shook his hand. I said, you know, when you walk by, something in my spirit told me that, 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 that you're missing something or something's really lacking in your life. And he looks at me and he says, I'm in such financial need right now. It's the holidays. And he just had this heaviness all over him, all over him. I says, well, if you allow me to pray for you, Jesus wants to come all over you. And he's going to bless you. He's going to meet that need that you're lacking. And he says, how do you know that? I said, because he told me to come over here and pray for you. He didn't, come, he didn't ask me to come over here and pray for you just for kicks and grins or so that you could feel good. He asked me to pray for you because he wanted to meet a need in your life. He said, go for it. I laid hands on him. Prayed. Man, the whole, I was like, Lord, don't let this guy go down. <laughs> he's a big boy, man. I mean, I'm a big boy, but he's a bigger boy. <laughs> 
<laughs> I held onto his back, and I was like, ooh, Lord, man, tears are full. It was, it was awesome. You see, people have needs that need to be met, and you got the need meter inside of you. He is inside of you. So it's 7.32. We're going to do an altar call. If anybody's got to leave, please go ahead. We're going to close this thing down, and, uh, and we're going to do an altar call. There is fear when you're afraid of things, and then there's a spirit of fear. Fearful mindset. That's what the Lord told me this morning. There's fearful mindsets where you feel like fear is ruling your life. I mean, everybody, I have feelings of fear. Fear can, you know, I, I mean, I get, I, get, I get fearful feelings, but I just, I know, I've learned how to deal with them. I refuse them and reject them. <clears throat>